We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heapy Postgame Show. I'm your host, Carlo Navas. And with me today, to my left, just producer and co-founder, Mr. Brian Goins. Eating six or seven? <laughs> to my bottom, we have my homie, my good friend, producer extraordinaire, Alex Solana. Eating seven. There we go. Have the guts. To the bottom left, we have our professor of Photoshop and anime lover, Brass Jazz. What's up, everybody? Heat in six. Still in yeah, so, you know, I think going into this game, you know, expecting a win was optimistic. I think the effort given, the heart, the determination, the guts shown is important. And, like, let's listen, like, all jokes and memes aside, what they did today was all that you can ask for as fans. I mean, they... You know, and I don't, I don't like the loser talk about, oh, you know, we just don't want to get swept and this and that. Because, like, this is a franchise that's about 
banners, parades, confetti, champagne, and gold plating, right? This is not a happy-to-be-here franchise. This is not a franchise that puts up division banners anymore. You know what I mean? Like, this is a a franchise that is a championship organization that's not just happy to be here. They want to win. And I think that, you know, we're not, our, our fan base is not, you know, we're not the Sacramento Kings or the Portland Trailblazers, you know, that would just be happy to get to a conference finals or whatever, right? Like they're in the NBA finals. And if we're going to talk, you know, happy to be there, you know, we want max effort and we want to make this competitive and we want a shot to win. Now, Brass, they are going to have a chance to get at least Bam back for game three. Uh, and an O2 hole is not impossible to climb back from. We've seen teams do it a bunch. Last year, the Easter Conference Finals, the team was down 0-2 and they came back to win the series uh, in six, right? So uh, it's not pos- It's not impossible to do it. I was very encouraged by what they did today. I think that the Heat threw a couple wrinkles offensively that I thought was interesting. They had a commitment to the zone. And I just think, man, they fucking played hard. Yeah, I think that teams often sort of have a short-term advantage when they're throwing out kind of funky lineups because it's very hard to 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 look at the tape and, and know what the hell. I mean, we didn't know who they were going to be starting up until we heard the starting lineup. Um, so that makes that made a, a bit of a difference tonight. But I was really impressed with how the Heat kept it together tonight. Yeah, they had some real defensive hiccups offensively. They were really, really on point. Um, and for the commentators on TV to, to give any acknowledgement of what the heat are doing is, uh, you know, do you take that as, as, as a win? Um, I, I guess, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm mostly just kind of mad. Not, not that the Lakers are up 2-0. I, I just, I'm, you know, I'm mad that we got so close and then, you know, I do think that this team with Dragic and Bam full health, I really really truly believe that it would have been a really tight series uh, and we didn't we didn't get a lot of that in in the first game um and i mean i think goran is going to be out I, I just don't even if he even if he gets on the floor i don't think he's going to be explosive i don't have to make much of a difference but bam bam would have made a huge impact tonight and and i think that i i i really do believe that they would have taken this game if they had bam on the floor I mean, it's a situational thing. I get it. You know, a win is a win. I'm not like making excuses. Hi, hi, uh, uh, you know, Laker haters that are that are watching. Um, but uh, hate you too. Um, yeah, this is uh, you know, this is you just got to deal with it. And I mean, this is the fucking NBA. I mean, Gianni, you know it more than anyone. What uh, you know, a fluky championship looks like. <laughs> Listen, Ras, you were making fun of me because you said, you know, what's the Lakers, you know, if there's an asterisk title of injury, you know, I have to denounce the Raptors championship last year. Which I will not. They they damn well earned that against Steph Curry. Man, by the way, at the top of the show, I kind of want to, I kind of want to say something. So last, last show, you know, things got away from us a little bit. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about at Tim underscore NBA. Legit good dude. We called him names on the podcast that we shouldn't have. I hashed it out with him. I sent him a DM. He did not have to accept my apology at all. Um, he was very gracious. He was incredible. Um, you know, uh, you know, sports stuff aside, like you know, we shouldn't we shouldn't call people names, especially people that we don't know like that. And and that there's no place in our community for for what we said and how we acted. 
um just he's an incredibly gracious and nice person and and when we spoke i felt even worse because i you know we insinuated things about someone that were just blatantly not true um he donates 20 percent of his website's revenue to black lives matter causes so it's a great cause uh what tim is what tim is working on tim has great information um on his website so just please go to the at the b-ball index uh they have great numbers and great film work and he's a great writer and, and i just i just really want to apologize to him publicly not just privately on dm and not just on twitter because i feel incredibly bad for everything we said to him uh and i just really wanted to say that publicly because he's he's like legit a good dude one um, one to that didn't he give you access to his site for free that you have to pay he for? did he's like if you need any of those bad stats that i charged you before <laughs> i can totally give you access if you want and i was like stop being a good person i was awful don't do this i don't deserve this that and sounds then, like an exceptional deal though you should take it oh my god he's listen at lake exceptionalism <laughs> is their podcast they do great film work over there so check that out uh, um and then and then two all over me say that again bros like just what I need is Gianni to vomit more numbers at me. Oh, <laughs> sports stats. True. Uh, and then two, I finally learned what a proud boy, boy proud boy was last night. Not very good. Not good. Not something you should call people. Bad not something you should call. I, I well, didn't not call something him that. You should that. Call I called Nikai stuff. I actually. I know. I know. It's just compliment. bad. Just you know, we should we should distance ourselves from that. Sorry. Uh, wanna, Sorry, Tim. Didn't want to give that apology to Tim. Uh, he's a good guy, so we just wanted to say that and and you know and everything. So kind of looking at the game and and like what they did. Ooh, um, there's some good spoke quotes right now oh yeah brian Damn. can you read that because spoke just cursed in a press conference and i like i like a spicy eric spolstra okay uh he says quote we don't give a shit what anyone else thinks um there's actually more <laughs> to his quote that's, that's part of tim Rollins' thing I'll, I'll try to get the rest there's more uh, uh he's oh, great here, i here have we here we go yeah. we don't give a shit what anybody else thinks if you want something badly enough you figure it out um, I don't think it would have mattered man or zone. There was eight to 10 possessions there where we didn't finish. Uh, it was a different look for our defense, but we didn't finish a lot of those plays. I mean, there was a point in that fourth quarter where the Lakers did not score for eight straight possessions. And I feel like when Miami really couldn't get enough offense going there, that's when they lost the game. And I see a lot of people in chat and a lot of people on Twitter, like KO <laughs> is the big point of conversation right now because in the fourth quarter, he just did not have it shooting the ball. You know, I, I'm sympathetic to him because he played very, very well offensively, and I think he competed a lot on defense. You're under man. It's Jimmy Butler and a bunch of dudes, right? It's Jimmy Butler, a guy that you were playing 500 ball with for four years, uh, two rookies, Myers Leonard, right? Just a bunch of dudes. And for them to win that game, they were going to have to make some home run plays. So it was going to have to be... If Kelly got a little daylight, which the Lakers have a very, very good defense. So if Kelly's going to have some space early in the shot clock, he's throwing it up because they kind of need that. And they need those to fall because you're not winning without those kinds of plays. Like you're not, you know, for as well as he'd executed for as hard as they played, you know, they're just the talent disparity is is too much. They don't have the size. They don't have the the the, the versus like the, the know it all. Right. So like Kelly has to kind of make those home run plays. And I I understand why people are upset at him. You know, for for the for the decision making. I mean, the man that that third quarter, they had one turnover. They made all eleven of their free throws, and they were scoring like one point seven points per possession. It's insane. They played fucking perfect offensive basketball that quarter. 
I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I, I just, I'm not really like happy with the way people are talking about KO and everything because I just, I don't think it's, I don't think it's particularly fair. I don't think he kept what, you close you? in the third quarter period. I mean, what else can you expect? I mean, 1.77 points per oh, possession. What do you want him to do? Like it's 37 it's, minutes off the bench guys. It's not. He scored 39 points on 22 possessions that quarter. He was a minus three throughout the game. And like, he, he shot efficiently, nine for 16, three for seven for three. I mean, the I don't Heat, know what else. By the know. way, have still not lost a fourth quarter all playoffs long. They tied the fourth quarter 21 21. Wow. Amazing. Wow. This fucking team, man, they're cool. It, it's crazy because they had a chance to really come back and possibly tie that game towards the end. They, the Lakers went, what, eight <laughs> possessions without making a, a yeah, field? Yeah, eight possessions empty. Can you do it? I mean, that's what you wanted. That's exactly what you wanted on defense throughout the entire game. You wanted to stretch like that to, you know, pull off a run. They just didn't have in an offense during the fourth quarter. Um, there's actually audio that I think you guys should play. I sent it to Brass because I know we tried this before in one of our pre-shows where Brass could actually play audio and we could actually hear it. <laughs> I don't know if Brass, you want to try this out, but there's some really good sound bites from um, from Spo that I think would be fun for the listeners and us to react to. Mail or Twitter. Uh, our, our Twitter chat, the Solomon Kill, Solomon Hill fan club. So AC three R six asked, do I think, do we think if Bam and Goran plays, uh, yes. do we think if Bam and Goran plays or, I mean, I think Goran, we don't know. Uh, I Goran, mean, Goran's, Goran says he really wants to go. I, I don't really know how he can. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to pretend to understand how our plantar fascia tear functions, but Bam, it looks likely that he'll play game three or at least game four. Um, I mean, maybe if they're down 0-3, he might not play game four, but uh, I, I, I'd i imagine that he's going to go on Sunday. I mean, listen, if I'd be surprised if he didn't, I, I would, too. And I think that if they can if they can pull together, if they can go up, if they can make it two one um, next game, I just think this it feels a little different. Um, and I mean, they're still they're still in it. You know, I mean, shit, we haven't played at home yet, guys. <laughs> Like, yeah, series isn't over until the road team, or correct. what is it? The home team yeah, loses un- one until the road team wins. Yeah, there you go. That's why. Let's I see if this works here. Let's see if this this audio works. What is it about your group? You know, to watch Udonis talk to them in the third quarter, you know, you can see the passion and the resiliency in that guy's veins. What yeah. is it about your group that can overcome what the world thinks is an impossible mountain? We don't give a shit what everybody else thinks. Uh, whatever um, your your first question, how did you phrase it? Uh, what will it take? Whatever is necessary. It's as simple as that. If you want something badly enough, uh, you'll figure it out. And our, our group is ex- extremely um, stubborn, uh, persistent, um, and we just need to figure out uh, you know how to overcome uh, this opponent, uh, and that we respect. Uh, the quality, high quality of opponent that we're playing, you got to figure it out and overcome it. My fucking coach, right? Love it. He sounds like Captain America. Sounds, that's my fucking coach right there. I got chills. <laughs> I fix. love that guy, dude. I saw someone on Twitter today say that Frank Vogel has outcoached Eric Spolstra, and I'm like, on what? In what universe? Are we watching the same series? Did uh, Jet fourteen saying who gives a fuck about the injuries? Go out there and play the finals, we might never get back there. Um, I want you to go out and play with a strained neck, and I want you to also go out and play with a ruptured plantar fasciitis. And they wanted to. They wanted to, They're yes. the ones that I were want begging you to try Eric and do Spolstra. that and then come back to me. 
Eric Spolstra said, you're not playing because the decision was made by Spo. Spo said earlier pregame. He's like, no, no, those guys were yeah. ready to no, go. Okay. And I told him no. According to Tim Reynolds, Spolstra had to stop playing coach and actually start playing, playing like a parent because right. he didn't want them to go out and, and make it worse. You don't think Goran wants to be out there? And by the way, chat saying like you don't think an injured Goran is better than none. I mean, none was pretty fucking good today. Yeah, I, I don't know. What I don't know what more you want out of him. I think if Goran, if limited Goran gives you what none gave you, I mean, you fucking take that. I mean, that dude was good today. I don't care what you fucking say. None had the second greatest block of the entire NBA playoff. <laughs> oh, dude, it, that was right badass. I have it right behind me. Fred, I know. I felt I felt bad that they didn't consolidate the block with the score because I was like, that was awesome. Yeah. Dude had 13 points. Uh, ooh, uh, three of seven, not very good. Uh, he was he was a neutral. He was a, a, a plus zero or a minus zero, which I guess half a half glass full. Of the the dude who struggled today was Duncan, right? And I don't want to talk so much about the dude who struggled because uh, we've talked a lot about Duncan, but I want to talk a little bit about Jimmy Butler. 25 points, eight rebounds, eight rebounds. That's big. 13 assists, one steal, seven for 17 from the field. 11 for 12 from the line. Uh, only three turnovers. Dude. You missed one important stat. Which one? 45 minutes. Yeah. Dude was, guarded everybody from LeBron to Anthony Davis. Um, I fucking love that guy. I think that, you know, it's easy to kind of, I mean, not that NBA players are going to roll over, but I've said a lot of times on the show <laughs> that this team is not, they're not the Clippers. You know what I mean? They're they're just they're just not they're not built that way. They're not of that DNA. And for that dude to play that way in this moment really forced the issue. You know, I can't imagine that the ankle is bothering him. He, he turned it twice. Um, he looked a little slow. Dude was trying to get contact. Was trying to get to the line. Um, I'd imagine he was a little scared to shoot jumpers because if you fall the wrong way, that could be disastrous. And I think that was partly why we didn't see many. I mean, Jimmy took a couple jumpers. I know there was like one three that he had to take because the shot clock was running out. There was that little turnaround he had uh, off a timeout against, you know, LeBron. And but other than that, I can't think of many jumpers he took. Dude is awesome. Dude was everywhere. And I, I love that guy. And I saw Twitter saying if Paul, if Paul George had this performance, like, get the fuck out of here. What, Paul, Paul George never did that. Paul George never put a whole franchise on his back in the NBA Finals when two of its three best players got hurt. I don't. What, what the hell are you talking about? Like, what? What are you serious? Are we comparing anything that Paul George has done to what Jimmy Butler just did? Paul Come George on. got his coach fired because he blew a three-one series lead. I mean, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I, I don't. Know. I got to go back to what what uh, the Jet Fourteen said about that because. The, who gives a fuck about the injuries go out there play the finals might never get back like honestly fuck out of here with that because uh you know let me let me ask you jet 14 uh if did you do you earlier in the season um i assume you're a heat fan who knows um if you if you are did you expect the heat to to uh make it to the finals because it certainly wasn't this season you expected them to make it to the fucking finals okay it was very doubtful that you believe that yet we're here so it's not like it's not like oh yeah the heat will probably make the finals and this is like oh no they did it this year so they're not gonna be able to do it the next year i got news this is not the final form of this fucking team particularly if they, if they lose you know they're not they're not content you know and you know i i do think they're probably going to run it back next year for the most part but i mean going forward 
we're we're very much in the fucking mix. I understand other teams in the league, uh, you know, are, are going to be getting better. Brooklyn's going to be a lot better next year. You know, there are things, but like we're here, man. And and I think I fully support Spo's decision on having Bam and Goran sit this game, even even as much as they wanted to, because I would much rather them come back. They kept it close. They showed a lot of good signs. You you were getting really really good minutes out of Kendrick Nunn, who who really was playing like shit prior to this. <laughs> That's man, nicely. B- the point. brass brass like like anybody questioning uh, like this group's desire to be on the court. Like, come on, that's just like, it's, it's not even worth like, really, it's not even worth fucking like breaking down. Like, you know, how badly bam and go on want to be out there. And you know how badly Spo wants them to be out there. You know what I mean? So like, if they're not playing clearly, it's a serious issue. And, uh, like they, they truly just can't be out on the floor. Like any, anybody questioning their, their, their desire to be out there is a fucking clown. Yeah. yeah. And imagine imagine going down 0-2 and then, you know, and then they're officially out the rest of the season. Right. And then right. they and then they miss, you know, and, first half of next season. And bam, 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 like once we find out it's a neck issue, like come on. Like that's it that's changes things. right. It, it it totally changes things. And Goran has a torn planner fascia. Look it up. Every everybody that's talked about that saying, Yeah, he's not coming back. He's not coming back. Like straight up. Uh, I, I I I I love I love Dragic. I I don't want him to see the floor the rest of the series. I just don't. I, I agree. For what? Like to come out and 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 potentially have a you know worse than the injury and he's gonna be at an eighth of himself. You know what I mean? Like for what? It's not worth it. It, it was it was the size that really fucked us tonight. Like, right. If Bam, I agreed with you. I agreed with what, what you opened up the show with. I couldn't have agreed more. If Bam plays tonight, AD doesn't go off the way he did. The, the, the rebounding discrepancy is is definitely not what it was. And and everybody's trying to get hung up on the offensive rebounds. Like, look, man, you're you're playing with Kelly Olynyk out there, who has to step out because of of our zone anyway. So it ends up being either Jimmy, Iggy, Kendrick Nunn at times down low trying to box out Anthony Davis. Bro, AD went off tonight. It is what it is. Like it look like you you got the stops at the end of the day, but when Anthony Davis in in that second quarter, third quarter goes on these scoring stretches where doesn't matter what you throw at him without bam, you're not going to stop him. Really, what do you do? Like there's nothing you can do about that. KO, by the way, nine rebounds today. He's leading rebounders. So <laughs> yeah. like, come on. Yeah. Like, it was really stupid. They, like one of the one of the only moments that I was just like, I was really kind of annoyed at. I think that in the fourth, they they were they cut it to like 10 or something like that. And then I mean, Kelly with like all the time on the clock, he pulled up this fucking 40. Yes. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't mind though. I, well, I, I, I they gotta hit home runs. They just they gotta hit home runs, brass. They're not gonna win. I know that. You know but, what I mean? But we were like, you know, starting to chip away and just like that shot felt. You know, like I'm okay with like Tyler, whatever, man. Trying to go, but again, he had a listen. Kelly had a great. Kelly was the best shooter on the floor for them tonight. He was shooting forty. He shot forty percent. Him and Jay Crowder. (laughs) I was thinking, I do. There is a little bit of a there. There's a a silver lining to to that. Like, let's say, let's say three for seven. Kale hypothetically, if the Lakers win the series, okay. Uh we are not going to see. LeBron hoist the finals MVP trophy. 
So that's a victory for Miami. That's that's loser talk. I don't care about that. Oh, I mean, come on. That's just petty talk. I don't, I'm not mad at LeBron. Like the LeBron angle to this doesn't bother me as much as other angles right, to this. Rogers, way to suck the fun out of that. I'm sorry. I'm just like, I don't know. I, I'm not like the series isn't over. Like, I don't want to talk about the series being over. Not over. So I said hypothetically, mother- hypothetic, well, hypothetically, it's I'll, not over. I'll give you I'll, I'll give you some petty talk. LeBron yelling just as much as fucking half the Celtics roster yelling every time they go up to the rim. There was an alley-oop that LeBron ends up converting. Duncan like tapped his elbow and LeBron flailed, yelled and fell down on the ground. Like, like LeBron is really upsetting me this entire series because bro, Bam is out. You have nobody to, to get in your way when you want to attack the basket and you're yelling. Like if you're Jason Tatum, like get out of here, bro. LeBron's being, LeBron's playing real soft. Really well, soft. And also, like Duncan, so, and so, someone needs to put a mask on Duncan. <laughs> every time he breathes on LeBron, he gets called for a fucking foul in the series. So maybe that would cut down on that. Maybe. I mean, it's Duncan on LeBron. I mean, he just needs you, those tattoos, think... man. That's all. It's like. Yeah, Duncan needs a tattoo sleeve, like he said. <laughs> it's, it's. I I want to talk a little bit about kind of some stuff that he did offensively and defensively that I liked and that I think are going to bode well the for them. They have to keep the zone. So I, I'm I agree. did exactly what you wanted. You wanted the Lakers to basically try to shoot the lights out. They didn't. KCP and and who else? Ron? Well, not Ron. Who was the other guard that that shot really poorly? Danny Green shot the ball really poorly. And that's what you. That's what you were hoping. You were hoping that LeBron was three for players. eight. Danny Green was one for eight. Caldwell Pope was two for eleven. Kuzma yeah. two for six. Rondo's three for four. That hurts you, Caruso. They two set for the four. record for shooting the most Morris threes in a, in, a, in a finals game. I mean, I don't think I don't think they should shoot that much. I think that once you're shooting that much on open threes, a variance is gonna hurt you. Yeah. Uh, so they kind of did that supercharge. But like I I said earlier, like you know I'm like I'm not scared of Marcus Morris and these guys shooting threes. Like if they're gonna shoot threes, like whatever. Like the problem is is that they're also leaking points in the paint. So and so they're the help is just not good enough. So they're sending the help off the shooters and it doesn't matter because AD literally didn't miss a shot for like the first, the whole first half. Right. So the issue with that is that your help defense isn't good enough because you're, while you're leaking threes and you're also letting AD get whatever he wants in the paint. But but that, that, that totally changes with Bam. Totally. Like even, even, even Bam at, at 70%, that totally changes. So, the thing that the he did when they were guard, I mean, it's just hard for them to to do man coverage, right? So like they're kind of forced into zone because you know you have KO like once you know once the Lakers stop playing Dwight Howard, it becomes really tough for them. And I thought in game one, Miami was hedging a lot of pick and rolls, and they were hedging like shit. Like it was just really weak hedging. Um, it was just bad, and the Lakers tore that up. Yeah. I thought in this game the zone was a lot. The zone was really good when like one of LeBron or AD's off the floor. Right, because especially if especially if AD's off the floor, because then now LeBron's bringing the ball up and he's not put in the middle of the zone where he can kind of pass out of it and AD cuts baseline. Right, so when LeBron's up top, you, you're really kind of stressing that that entry pass which he can make. But you know, then all of a sudden it's up to KCP or Rondo or somebody to make a play, and you're going to live with that over LeBron doing that. And again, it's like you don't have good options if you're the Heat because Bam's not there, and you know that's your best. That's you know that's that's an all defensive player right he's a potential all defensive first team guy like yeah i mean what you like about the zone is that it kept you in the game because one lakers really didn't get into into the foul line they 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 shot a total of 17 free throws they made 10 of 17 of them that's 58 percent the heat on the other hand went to the line 34 times they shot 31 of 34 91 percent that's what kept them close but that's all jimmy that's that's jimmy 
doing that. I mean, Jimmy won eight, 11 for 12 here. It was six for six. Yeah, I um, think, I don't think, I don't think we've talked enough about, uh, how great this team's free throw shooting got this. Okay. So I actually, Brass, I want to, I want to interrupt because uh, our friend Ryan Cortez just sent the stat in the chat. Jared Weiss uh, of the athletic tweeted out, we'll have to parse through the tape to verify, uh, and be, but synergy had Miami playing zone just twice in game one that he played zone on 72 of 95 possessions of Laker half court sets in game two. The Lakers scored on 30 of them, 41.2% while scoring 14 of 23 possessions versus man. So on 68, 60%. So, Zone's working better than the man. <laughs> uh, we have empirical data and Synergy uh, does it with computers, so it's not tracked by hand. So, you know, the, the numbers get combed over over time once people like have, you know, uh, like eyes on it and it's not just the computer data. But they don't have much of a choice without Bam. And if we remember in the regular season, their defense isn't wasn't very good, right? And it was a product of they were able to switch a ton of stuff with Iguodala and Jay Crowder and Bam and and everything. And without Bam, you can't switch to the ball handler as easily when he gets put in pick and roll, right? So if LeBron has AD screen for him, you know, if it's Myers, all of a sudden you're dropping Myers and LeBron's going with a head of steam and Myers has no chance. And if it's Kelly Olenek, you know, we saw LeBron bully Kelly. And there's not there's not a lot of leeway there. And their guards are not good at going over screens. I mean, I was tweeting from the Heat Beat account. Kendrick Nunn is going over a screen against Kyle Kuzma. And I'm like, come on, man. It's Kyle Kuzma. He's curling to go to the rim. Just go under. Like, he has a size advantage regardless. So maybe he scores. But, like, Jesus Christ, Kendrick. And he goes over screen so inefficiently and so poorly. It's like, I don't know. It's just really frustrating on that on that sense. But, like, their defensive game plan, I think, needs a little work. But I, I think mostly it gave them enough chance to win if they hit a couple more threes. I know that... It's asking for a lot because they shot like 38% from three, but you're going to need to shoot in the 40s uh, without Bam and Goron. There's just no way. Offensively, the little wrinkle I like today was Jimmy Butler doing the dribble handoff sets, acting as the big. I thought that opened a lot for them. I thought they got him rolling to the rim a lot. There were a couple possessions, or even though he missed a layup, got his own miss and put it back in. So Tyler is really good when they sent when Jimmy's man steps up on that handoff to take away the pull up three. He's been very, very good at that little dump off pass. And all of a sudden you have Jimmy in space so he can short roll spray it to the corner. If Jay Crowder's weak side, if Andre's weak side and, and they got like two really, really good positions at the end of the game where they they ran that action. They got Jimmy rolling the first time he went right at LeBron and scored on the layup. And then the second time the help came off of Andre Iguodala from the corner and Jimmy on the short roll. Bam. Darts it to, to Andre. He hits that three. Without Bam, that's kind of what you have. I mean, usually that's Bam in that spot, but in this case, they were using Jimmy. And I thought, I think that's the only thing I can be kind of critical of of of, Air, of Spo for. Like, I think that they went to kind of Jimmy screening a little late because the more that you involve AD and their bigs in those plays, the worse it's going to be for you. So I think if, you know, if if you get Tyler Duncan and Jimmy screening, and as long as LeBron's not in that play, I think you take it. Uh, so that's that's kind of where I'm at. That's like kind of the only real like big criticism I have of Spo. But I liked what they were doing offensively, given their limitations. Did someone say playoffs, NBA and NHL are playing for gold and our partners bet online have you covered? Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. 
MLB season is pushing into fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return of sports. And remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportbook experts. You've counted on restaurants all your life. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings the food that you've been craving right to your door. Ordering is really easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and the food will be safely delivered outside your door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, the Cheesecake Factory, anything. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery as well. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on the way. Right now, our listeners get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order on $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and use promo code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you use the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget the code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. I thought it was fine. So, I don't know what Weinheim makes good point. The Heat won 50 40 90 today. Really? Yeah, fifty. No, they did. They did. They did shoot forty percent from three. They shot forty point seven percent from three. Eleven. Did they shoot forty point seven percent? I thought they shot thirty eight. Oh, you're damn right. Good for you guys. Yeah. Huh. They did pretty much everything you could ask them to do on offense, with with what the limitations that they had. I mean, obviously the fourth quarter you want them to score more than twenty one points. You need you need more than eleven threes though. That's the thing. And and, and like yeah. I I said, you got like. I made the joke, like, you got to shoot 53s. Like, obviously, that's, like, too many. Uh, but, like, they put up 27 threes. It's just not enough. And part of that is the Lakers' defense. And I got to say something, and I don't like saying this. I was wrong about the Lakers in a lot of ways. But the thing I was most wrong about, and I think a lot of us, like, basketball-y, you know, stat head people, you know, we're, like, you know, we're fucking obsessed with the three-point line and everything. Regular season, you know, the, the teams that were the best at defense were leaking threes. The Raptors, the Bucks, right? So those are the two. And the Lakers d- didn't. But in the playoffs, the Lakers have done a great job of taking away shooters, right? Like they, Alex Caruso, for all the shit I gave him, not scared of him as an offensive player, but that dude goes over screens very, very hard. I made fun of him for not being Wes Matthews or Chris Middleton or Eric Bledsoe, and he's not. But he's very, very good at doing it. He's bothered the Heat. Um, that's very effective. I mean, they gave Duncan hell, KCP as well, going over screens. And the way that they defend the three-point line is incredibly important and impressive, especially in the playoffs, because if you're going to take that away from teams that modern offense is built around, you, you know what I mean? You're It becomes tough. In the regular season, you have more of a variance. So like the Raptors... And the Bucks are bleeding quarter threes, right? Because that's just the way that they play defense and they're, they're really stressing the strong side of the ball and everything. And, and then, you know, teams kind of swing it and the math just works out in your favor. But in the playoffs when you have these small sample sizes, this is not how it works. And I've been, I don't like it, but I'm, I have to admit that I'm impressed with the way that they've done the defense. And that's a huge credit to Frank Vogel. So I got to give credit where credit's due. I just can't be to Mr. Petty all the time, but 
I don't like that team. I don't like Cruz. I don't like Kyle Kuzma. I don't like Marcus Markeith Morris or all those fucking people. But you know, it's good. I I, I don't know. You know, I credit where credit is due. You know, agree to disagree. <laughs> Man, let's. You know, I want to kind of get into this. Like Lakers Twitter, like really hates me. But I think it's funny. Like aside from the other stuff about Tim, which we cleared up, I mean, they just don't like my takes in general. Like they just hate my basketball takes. And I, you know, our, our pod went a little viral for me saying that I'm not scared of Kyle Kuzma, and I was getting made fun of the way I said Kuzma. Like they were just giving me the double O or whatever. What'd I guess you What'd you call his eyebrows? I said his, his stupid eyebrows. No, you called his eyebrows something else. I don't remember, man. I was just in the moment. And like, I, I think it's guys like Alex, you've known me for a long time, man. Like, you know, I don't take any of this shit seriously. Yeah, but Lakers fans are fucking losers and they are taking Bro, they're it They're mad at Stu Gods. They're mad at Stu Gods. For the UD comment. What? They're taking wait, wait, wait. shit that fucking Why are the Lakers said- seriously mad? I mean, you guys should be happy. You're up 2 on a series. Yeah. Where, like, you and have literally. Three they're mad at players. me and they're mad at Stu Gods. And you I have. I like that. What from us? You have LeBron and AD. Like, just shut up, man. You just bro. They fuck Alex. I mean, you saw the Reddit, the thread, and the the Twitter cop. Like, okay, the the Tim stuff is one thing. You guys have a total right to be mad at me for that. The basketball stuff. I was like, come on, man. Like, geez. oh, and the other thing because I was I was making the joke that I I said I was forged in the darkness. Whatever. I don't fucking talk like that. Like, that's clearly a joke. <laughs> I did so see I that in my mother's basement. I was like, "That's not fair." I live in my father's house, not my mother's. How dare you? I did see that that your little rant, like your 15 second rant about about the Lakers, went viral on NBA Reddit, and and just people were not happy. Like they they hate me. Yeah, they do hate you. I don't. I, I listen. I hate me. Laker fans, you don't hate me more than I hate me. Okay, the self loathing runs deep. It's just funny because like, man, I don't it's like they're making fun of me for the anime YouTube channel. I go, oh, man, you think I you think I haven't heard this before? Can't we just go back to ripping Tim NBA or whatever the fuck his name nah, is? Tim's a good guy. <laughs> Tim, Tim's cool. But let me, I just I just think it's funny that Laker fans were just really upset at my takes. I don't think they're bad takes either. I mean, do you guys think that these people are good shooters? My, my, fa- I don't. my favorite comment was this guy who basically quote tweeted your entire um, bio on Twitter saying bad basketball takes, worse tennis and soccer takes. And then he goes on and says, can't say he didn't warn us. I get that one a lot. That's actually funny. There was another one that it's like, um, if you want serious basketball analysis, go to Ethan Skolnick's podcast, which I think is funny because Ethan Skolnick and Five on the Floor, they do a great show. But you also get Alf's side test and Leif's gut check. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not pick and roll coverages you know what i mean this is funny yeah i mean i my i guess my one of the bigger issues i have with with laker fans shit like that they just they they just act like the underdogs which is just fucking outrageous the we believe laker thing is ridiculous oh, I mean, come on guys stupid guys i can't it's like you know, fucking patriots fans are like that man and it, yes it, it, it's yes and like it's fucking corny and and i think you know as heat fans it gets it gets to be really obnoxious because we we now have been on both sides of this we're corny too though we're annoying and we're right. corny let's own it but listen man we're fucking fun with it like i i i think there's there's a seriousness to to a lot of other uh, you know, Twitter crowds and shit like that for different teams. Like, I mean, he Twitter's just better than all of them. Like, I don't give a shit what you say. You're wrong. I mean, I think, I think, I think we're we're no. I agree. Listen, I love he Twitter. 
Uh, I, we've changed though. We're not the same. We're not 2010 Heat Twitter. It's a different animal. Well, yeah, We're there, carried by Chef Trilly no, and Alf. There was no cancel culture back then, and so you could say whatever. Oh yeah, listen. <laughs> but, you know that kind. Of, I, I, not that it's an excuse, but like when I told poor Tim to drink bleach, and everyone got mad at me, I was like, that was a perfectly acceptable thing to say in the Big Three era. We used to say worse things. Well, you're acting, and uh, you're acting like I don't want you to drink bleach, Johnny. I mean, come on. I listen. I listen. We drink mistoline down here. We don't drink bleach. How how have we gone like thirty minutes already and not shit on Mark Jackson because this oh guy this guy is unbelievable. That's why he all time a, that's worst. Why his only like, job is being a broadcaster, not being on. The <laughs> he was somehow he was somehow the worst like person at their job tonight. Yeah, somehow he was worse than what Myers Leonard was. <laughs> Come on, Myers leave leave Myers alone. Minutes. Myers cannot have no rebounds. Come on, Myers cannot have zero rebounds. Leave, I'm sorry, the hammer. Wait, is that you true? can't call yourself the hammer that's and get true? zero rebounds. Oh my god, rebounds. that's true. You can't call yourself the hammer, be the tallest motherfucker on the floor, and get zero rebounds while you stand for the anthem. You you know you gotta <laughs> you you gotta get a rebound, man. Like you gotta. I will shout out to him for donating a thousand dollars to the Kaius Foundation. Shout out to Ryan, uh, to Myers. I called him Ryan. Yeah. Shout out to Myers later. But you got to get a rebound, dude. Come on. You're there to be big. Not the name on the jersey. It's the number on the jersey. You know. <laughs> How many fouls did he have? Is he double zero? Is that his number? No, I think he's just one zero. Um, Is this one zero? Because that's how many rebounds he had. Yeah. Uh, one foul. One foul. That's it? In nine minutes. <sighs> Come on. That's yeah, I'm surprised foul. nobody fouled out on the heat. Um, they didn't foul a lot. They were really, I mean, Duncan was the closest. No, I should. Yeah, that's true. Listen, listen, chat makes a good point. Uh, Karmic, Karmic bead seven one nine three says Myers had zero rebounds after Alf called him the Heat's best defensive rebounder. That's the that's the basketball analysis you get on Ethan Scalding's podcast. That's what you want. That's that's what you want. Lakers Twitter. You guys want to guess who was the leading rebounder outside of Kelly for Heat? Uh, Jimmy. Yeah, I mean that's what you were going with. Jimmy, okay. game. You're going with Kelly and Jimmy getting your rebounds. Yeah. Like, I mean, if if there's one thing that uh that Heat Twitter and Lakers Twitter can agree on, like fuck Paul Pierce. And and like his his analysis, like he's just he's been super fucking gloaty, this fucking perennial loser. His his team is home. And yeah, and then but you know, he's saying like in the halftime show that uh you know the yeah jimmy you know i forget exactly what he said but he was just like you know yeah jimmy needs to you know he needs to show more he needs to you know like are you shitting me like is paul pierce bad that jimmy butler might be a better player than him might if jimmy wins a title oh i'm sorry i i i'm i'm putting jimmy above fucking pierce. i mean paul pierce is a really good player i don't want to be slanderous but i listen i don't care i gotta be honest with you if i had one game for my whole life i'm going jimmy over paul i'm sorry yeah, of course. I'm going Jimmy over the guy that shit himself and that literally shit himself. In the literally, finals. literally, shit literally, himself. literally shit himself in the final. Everybody's talking about Duncan shitting himself. He, Paul Pierce literally shit himself. He's also he's also just an asshole. Like he's scoffing when Jay Williams talks about the Heat having to compete, and he's like chuckling and in, into the mic and shit. Like shut the fuck up, Paul Pierce. You oh. literally picked against this Heat team in every single series, and they've proven you wrong in every single series. And now they have two of their three best players out. And you're laughing at that at the idea of them competing. Like we're starting fucking Myers Leonard, and, and we were within nine. And Kendrick Nunn with six minutes left. Like shut that was up, a man. regular season starting lineup. Like that was like you know a February in Charlotte that was, starting that was, lineup. That was a pre-COVID lineup. 
Well, it's really, it's really fucked up. Not like, even because we didn't even have Bam out there, so that wasn't even a pre-COVID lineup. That's what I'm saying. That's like that's like a that's a back-to-back in Charlotte, and like on a Tuesday in February, it's uh it's fan night on NBA TV. Uh, do they still do fan night on NBA TV? No, I don't think they did this year. Not anymore. No. <laughs> Damn, am I dated? Is that old? Yeah. I don't, like, don't want to like rehash. Remember, when we used to vote on fan night. I used to vote on fan night. I used to go vote. I don't want to rehash like, you know, like all my Twitter takes and shit like that. But like, you know, on, on that's what this podcast is for, Brass. We just rehash our old Twitter take. thing on the thing, uh, you know, on, on Paul Pierce. Like it's it's incredible to me, like out of all the people that have lost their jobs in the middle of a fucking pandemic out of, out of all those people, Paul Pierce still has a job because no one likes him. Right. I mean, he's really he's just horribly bad. He's he he has no analysis. He's not funny. Um, I mean, I guess he's there as a punching bag, but he's not even good at that. He just sucks all around. And yeah, this fucking cocky. And and it's it's also like ultra ultra fucked up and that he's like rooting for the fucking for the LeBron led Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. Like just to play more. I mean, play more sound for a second. Paul Pierce is rooting for the LeBron James led Los Angeles Lakers to win the series. I mean, I guess I appreciate his pettiness over Miami, but like, that's that's some coward shit. Man. Like he he's he's yeah, fuck that guy. Can you play more sound brass? I got I got oh, another yeah. clip. This one's from Jimmy. Let's do it. You have it loaded up. Uh, I got it here. This is gonna be a great pot on. Give you guys quite the speech. In the third quarter, I would repeat what he said, but I would be fined by the FCC. Um, there was a pickup after that. What was what words can you repeat that he said, and and Play what harder. was the effect? Play harder, um, empty the tanks. That's what we have to do when we're down. Two stars like Bam and Gorn. Everybody got to lock in. Um, we got to be, you know, three places at once. It's so hard to do, but uh, we got guys that have to do it. Um, that's what it's going to take to beat this team. That's what he said. Play harder. Um, that's what it's going to take for us to win a championship. Play harder. I thought that audio would be better. Yeah, feel it me? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, we got to do it from the jump, though. It shouldn't take him telling us to do that, you know. Uh, but I like the way that we responded to it. But we got guys that when you tell them what it is, we normally respond, so maybe he should just start the game off cussing people out. <laughs> there you go. That's that's the clip there. That's the one. I, this was not, the Spo one was better. I gotta be honest with you. Spo Spo Let's wins Spo post game. Yeah, Spo wins. Spo wins post game audio for tonight. Spo uh, Spo wins. Uh, what do you? So Chad's asking, what do you guys think we need to do with Duncan Robinson? Uh, yeah, we don't trade I, him now. I mean, I, what, I mean, it's not like he can trade I him think, this I series. think. Uh, I think they mean in the series. Well, yeah. you, know, you just keep yeah. starting him and you hope that he gets a couple yeah. shots off like he kind of did towards the first quarter and he makes them. And if he yeah, doesn't, then you that's might. That's what it is. He just yeah. reduces minutes. You couldn't reduce his minutes because you had no one else on the floor. See, no, I, I kind of disagree, Brian, because like it, it's a, a lot of it's really unfair because. You had Jimmy playing 45 minutes. I mean, who else were you going to give guard minutes to? No, but what I'm what I'm saying is that like a lot of his offense is really predicated off the handoff stuff with Bam and when so what the lakers are doing is a big man that drops on those handoffs is now stepping up 
to Duncan, right? So he's playing rush because Alex Caruso has done a really good job of going over screens, and so has Rondo, and so has KCP. Like they, I, I, I'm really stressing that because that's been an absolute series changer for the Lakers. So they're doing a very good job of staying attached to Duncan when he comes off those screens. And then when that second guy comes up, even if the screen hits and it's a good screen, when the big man steps up, mm-hmm. what Duncan was doing in game one before Bam got hurt, he was hitting Bam on that little short roll. And when you get Bam on the short roll, he can kick it to a shooter. He can just go to the basket, right? Without Bam, it gets tough because all of a sudden it's Myers Leonard and it's Kelly, and it's just not the same. And and as good of a passer as Kelly is, he's not Bam. And he's a little frazzled because the Lakers are kind of making him play rush. I I do think that they should run more movement. I'd maybe think that they don't, they shouldn't run the handoff stuff. Maybe they should run some staggered screen things that I haven't seen them run yet. I think that would be something good so they can kind of, and they did that a little bit against the Celtics, more more so in the regular season game in the bubble. They could have, uh, but it's just hard when they don't have a second big. Maybe they can have Jay and Kelly set a staggered screen and then him kind of get the handoff from that point. And even if you're kind of shifting him a little bit from the wing more to the top of the key as he runs his route, going to his left i think he's a little better at that i think that that's something you can do to get going but i mean got to give credit to the lakers and what they're doing defensively they have really keyed in and every every team this series and again that's huge on duncan they have game plan for him they have either put their best defenders in that action they have tried to take duncan away and he's not this is listen this is his first year it's okay He's going to add stuff to his game. I don't think he'll be a threat off the dribble, but you know, as as he gets a as he becomes a better passer coming off those screens and everything, you know, that's that's going to be that's going to get good and that's going to get better and I really think that that's kind of what they can do. He also gets no leeway from the refs. Like if he touches LeBron, it's a foul every single time. Man, I'm not going to complain cuz bro, that shit's reputation and like we we yeah. had LeBron, it was like that and when we had Dwayne Wade, it was like that and like we can sit here and bitch about the fairness of the calls but like we know how the league is and we know the, the, the treatment that superstars get. And that's why you get a superstar because they're just going to get the benefit of the doubt because they're good. And Duncan, it is what it is. I mean, I think he needs to be a little better. I don't think today was his best defensive performance. I don't even I mean fouls aside. I just I just didn't think he was very good and very active. But, I think, you know, it is what it is. I think a better play is if he's going to if he's going to go and he's going to be put on someone like LeBron or, or, or whatever. I think that he needs to just straight up hack some more. Like if, yeah. if you're going to get called, like at least, you know, show a little physical, you know, be a little- I mean, chats, chat saying that like he's, if he's not hitting shots then he's not on the floor. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of it. <laughs> he wasn't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he, uh, he, they, they sat him in the fourth quarter pretty much. I mean, he didn't play Tyler. I think played the whole fourth quarter and then they were kind of subbing in Jay and, and um, James Jones and, and Andre. So I mean, it, like James it, Jones it kind of right. I mean, yeah, it's just no. He's better than James Jones. I mean, he's, a, he's a mover. If he's not knocking him down. He just takes him out. You know. Yeah. It's just <laughs> we'd leave Luke Babbitt out there if he's if he's hitting shots. <laughs> Game three is going to be a fucking war. If they get Bam back, it's going to be a it's going to be a war. If they win Game three, it keeps their season alive. Game three is a burn the boat game. We have finally gotten to a burn the boat game in the playoffs. Uh, we have reached it. Uh, game three, um, if Bam plays, I mean, if Bam doesn't play, I mean, it, it's going to be a fucking war. It's going to be a war. The Heat are going to give it everything they have. They're going <sighs> to, I mean, it's not cutting time, right? This is what Heat, this is what Heat and six or seven looks like, people. 
I thought they competed well without their best player. I I don't know about you guys, chat. They should have uh, lost by 30. They absolutely. And they, and absolutely. they lost by 10. I mean, what more can you want from this team? When it was like 15 points in the second quarter, I'm like, ooh, this is going to be bad. And even the broadcast was like talking fucking doom and gloom. And the Heat really never got into the game like that. Like it was never, I don't think the Lakers were ever concerned. The Heat just kind of like made it so that you couldn't turn off the television. Yeah, they hung around. They hung around. Yeah. Yeah. Which right. is kind of all, all you you could have asked for them. Yeah. Right? What uh, more can? What more do you want? It was like, a game. It was a game kind of devoid of like of like large runs. Really, I mean, it. Nah, the Lakers had a few at the beginning. <laughs> on the beginning, but but I mean, really, after that, it, it it pretty much leveled out, and it never really got. I mean, they. I think that's true. Fifteen or whatever at, at times, but like you know, they they kept it. You know, the margin of error was 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 pretty thin. But like, if you if you. You know, if you if you squinted and you watched game one and game two and you looked at the roster from game one and game two, it should have been reversed. Really? Yeah. Um, it, it was a weird one. But game one was really fucking weird. That's why I didn't like walking away with game one with too much analysis, because like it didn't make it didn't make any sense. And and um, and you couldn't really judge the entirety of the series on that because of, you know, sudden injuries to players. And and this is the first game that Bam has missed in a couple of years. And, um, and that sucks to, to get to this point and for that to happen. But again, that's the fucking NBA and it happens. But like, I, I really do think I, I would be, I would be really, really shocked if, if Miami didn't, didn't take some games in the series. Like all, all man, press, this seems awesome. Like this fucking team's great. And like watching them, you know, like, I felt a little sad at times watching the game because I'm like, man, they're just they're really just giving everything they have. And it's just not enough unless they're going to hit more threes. And, you know, it's it was watching a Herculean effort that, you know, if you're not looking closely enough, you can't really see it. I mean, like what Jimmy's doing on every fucking possession guarding. I've said it already in this podcast, guarding everybody from LeBron James to Anthony Davis, everything in between switching, hedging, dropping. Uh, fighting over screens, fighting under screens, being everywhere, calling out passes, playing passing lanes. I mean, that dude did everything for 45 minutes. On a bum fucking ankle. On a bum ankle. And then on offense, it's like, I'm going to go to the rim every fucking time down the floor. I'm going to try to get as many fucking free throws as I can. I'm going to get as many of my teammates active because they can't, listen, they couldn't create their own shots. And Jimmy's like, I got you. Don't worry. And and you just just know, you know, if this team's healthy, all these games are close. Every single one of these games are close down the stretch. You know it. Like that that's what hurts the most, man. Like you just know it. Pat Riley always said it's like you don't play for a championship, you play for a chance at one, right? And it, it just kind of sucks that they got here and then the chance was really robbed from them. Yeah. You know? It and does and that does suck, but like but you got to put it in perspective, people. The going into the season, I think we all sort of agreed that that if we make it to the second round, it's a it's a success. It's a, it's a, it's a, we said that all year. That all year, all year success. Guess what? Hey, we swept the first round. It doesn't feel good, brass. It just doesn't. It doesn't feel good to watch yeah. that second quarter. Didn't feel good. No, I I'm I'm aware of that. I'm just I'm just trying to put a little per, bit of perspective in people because people people act like this is like no, this is our one finals chance. Like no no no, this this wasn't even that. This wasn't even our finals chance. And and we, but we got there by beating the fucking you know back to back MVP in five and Depoy and and Depoy exactly and Depoy and then we proved 
on a national stage once and for all that Spolster is an infinitely better coach than Brad Stevens and and, you know, beat them in six. And then and then, you know, here we are. And yeah, injuries fucking blow. But um, like I would I would much rather be at this point now than losing to Milwaukee in round two. Like, what are we what are we doing here? I, I don't know. Nah, it's just don't listen, the calculus is different, Brass, because they're here. We are listen, it's just different. You know, if we and also like, you know, Bucks Twitter's non existent, right? Like there's no Bucks Twitter to make fun of us. So if like if they lose, it's like, ah, whatever they lost, you know, they kind of like go into the night, you know, we live our lives, we live our off season, we do like a pot a week and we talk shit or whatever. We have, you know, guests on and we, you know, make fun of people and whatever. You know, it's different. There are stakes, you know. Now we're embarrassed on a national scale. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to beef with Lakers Twitter and them to be right. It doesn't feel good to have Alex Caruso run all around and make your life hell. Like, it doesn't feel good. Chat's right. We need some guts. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what game does uh, Bam put in that text message or call to Giannis saying, hey, we got an open slot? He's going to Draymond it? Yeah. It's going to dream on it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, probably if they, if they lose, it'd be that or, or they win. Who knows? I'm not, listen, I, I'm not just, I'm just not saying the series is over because if they win game three, we have a series and then game four is a fight. And if, even if they're down three, one, it's a winnable series. Um, this Laker team is not perfect. As good as AD and LeBron are, they're flawed. A lot of their warts showed tonight. I did think some of their half court offense looked kind of clunky. Um, I think that if the Heat have their best defensive player back in the rotation, it really helps them. I thought they had a solid game plan. I think if some couple things go right Miami's way, they can absolutely win game three. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Uh, I think we should end the show on this. So Nani Bui on a Twitch chat is saying that he knows the few Santeros and Hialeah. He <laughs> thinks we'll be good next game. That wasn't that funny. I thought that was great. You've been bad. You've tried to end the show on two straight Wait, jokes. We're in a fucking row. over it now. Let's just fucking end the show you, already. Please. No, you are you are not bed. you have been awful. Johnny, I want to go to bed. Also, for the record, I on the fucking fly was asked to play two clips of audio unprompted. I didn't even know I was gonna be asked to do that tonight, and I did that fucking flawlessly. Next man up <laughs> mentality at my next man up, baby. Next man up, remember to check out our YouTube page. If anybody ever misses any of the post-game streams or anything in the, or a podcast, it's going to be on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash C slash Miami Heatbeat. Uh, we link them all in the chat. Also, uh, listen, uh, chat, I wasn't saying that your joke wasn't funny. I was just saying that Brian's delivery was bad. Um, you can also check out our Discord so server. We have that link below in the Twitch bad. chat. If you're listening to our podcast or you're watching this on YouTube, it will be in the description. Uh, and if the link doesn't work and sometimes it doesn't, just shoot me a, a message on, on Twitter and I will provide you with a link for Discord. We're having a lot of fun in there, especially in the finals. Man, we're in the fucking finals. Let's enjoy this as a community. We are having fun. Lakers Twitter, if you're out there, continue to hate me. I'm here for you. I'm sorry, Tim NBA. Again, you are a nice man. And uh, follow our content. And listen, we're going to have fun until the end of this season. We are glad to share it with you. Follow all our things. Follow our Twitter account at Miami Heat Beat. Me at GNavas103. Brass at Brass Jazz. Brian at By Brian Goins. Alex, what's your Twitter at? You changed it already. At Alex M. Solano. It wasn't that before. It was like a soul or whatever. So yeah. I keep it going. Uh, and uh, we will see you for game four. Maybe we might have a podcast in between. Maybe not. See you later, stream. <laughs>
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.